Now to our extended conversation with Hugh Johnson. Hey there, Hugh. Hey, how you doing, Blaze? I'm doing all right, thank you. Yourself? Good. We, we finally got a real snowstorm in January. Didn't think it was going to happen, but yeah, we got it today. Yes, yes, we did, and the snow just keeps on coming. Well, I'll actually stop now, but we're going to get more. We'll talk about that later, uh, a couple of days from now. We'll get another storm. <laughs> oh, I thought we were supposed to be getting a little bit more, um, you know, through through Monday into Tuesday here. Uh, just flurries. Um, I, I don't think we'll get any more accumulations until Wednesday midday. Okay, good deal. So things should be good for folks to go to the uh, uh, the food pantry, or, or that's or the uh, Catholic Charities uh, food donation uh, thing in Lansingburg. So that's good to hear. Good. Now, you said something very interesting in a pre-show uh, email about the liquid ratio in the snow. Tell us about that. Okay. Um- Climatologically, we're, right now we're at our, climatologically at our coldest point of winter that we're supposed to be anyways. And at that point, when snow falls, we're generally getting a 13 to 1 ratio. What that means is if you take 13 inches of snow and melt it completely down, you get an inch of liquid. And that's what our normal liquid ratio was. Well, this snow was very different at my house. I had more like a 6 or 7 to 1 liquid ratio. So for Okay, for instance, I had 6.8 inches of snow, and I melted down to 0.93 inches of liquid. So that's a wet snow. That's a really, really wet snow. So uh, anything so, under 10 to 1 ratio is pretty. It's getting wet. So basically, the the snow to to water ratio is another way of saying, hey, it's really heavy snow. Absolutely. And be careful yeah, shoveling. Very right. You got it. I got it indeed today, the eight inches or whatever in Albany. Um, we yep. had lots of cloudy gray days, but not much snow until Sunday night. What, Without getting into the forecast, what's been going on in the past few, few, few weeks? Well, we've been in this southwest flow, the, the jet stream. If you take the jet stream, it, it's gone from like Baja, California, up to uh, uh, New England, say, and We've been sort of sitting on this, what we call a baroclinic zone, where it's been much warmer to the south and fairly cold, close to the normal cold out in the west and upper Great Lakes. And we're kind of in this conduit of where we had one storm after another. We had a lot of rain and we had slop. And now today we got basically a snowstorm, one storm after another. And because of where we're at, we're not getting good clearing behind any particular storm. We're not getting a big surge of high pressure and cold air coming in so the clouds just linger and that's exactly what's going to happen this week we're not going to see a whole lot of sun this week i won't get into the storm but unfortunately it's not looking good for sunshine this week and possibly even to the weekend we might get a few breaks here and there tomorrow and maybe thursday but don't count on it (laughs) so moving from weather back to climate Last week we talked, you, you wanted to discuss carbon dioxide emissions and what's yes. the impact of those on our weather and how do you think we're making progress on reducing carbon emissions? Okay, very good. Again, review CO2 is the main reason why we're having climate change. Uh, we, we've almost doubled 
the amount of CO2 we put in the atmosphere from the pre-industrial age starting back in the early 1900s to now. And that's the cause of our global warming because CO2 holds heat. And, and also the CO2 lasts a long time in the atmosphere. Once you get it up there, it's hard to get rid of it. So that's the dilemma. Now, we've talked about all this. We, we've had a lot of talk and, and positive talk about greener energy, about reducing CO2 emissions. But I'm going to cut to the chase. It's not happening. It's not happening. If you look at the charts, you look at the statistics, we did get a reduction during the COVID, during 2020, when we were in lockdown or close to lockdown and all that. Unfortunately, we've kind of gone back to normal, even though some people are still zooming in home and all that. We've gone back to just as bad as we were in 2019, if not a trifle worse. So we're putting 36.5 billion uh uh, rather, yeah, billion tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere every year. China's number one offender with one-sixth of the carbon emissions of the world coming from China. But we're number two, half of what China has. India, number three. Russia and Japan are, are battling, battling out for fourth and fifth. The most popular, the most, uh, the country with the, uh, per person, with the most CO2 per person, believe it or not, is a, call, a country called Qatar. A um, Arabic country next to Saudi Arabia, uh, they uh, for per person that's the worst country. But the bottom line is we're not doing a good job at all. So uh, until it happens, we're not going to start cooling things. We're just not. Now let's get uh, let's talk a little further about it. Uh, one of the ways to do this, of course, we can we can try to drive less. We can try to bike more. But the electric car is probably one of the best ways, maybe, to really start the ball rolling. Well, right now, 6% of cars in the country are being driven or, or electric vehicle. And that's much better than it was 10 years ago or five years ago. Um, and it's up to 18% in California. California is ahead of the game because there's so many cars and things like that. But we got a long way to go to start turning that curve back down so we can have less CO2 in the atmosphere. And the big problem is the cost of them have come down pretty affordable, some of the models, but the big problem is how quick you can charge the battery and how long you get, how long you can go on a battery. And most of the cars go with maybe 250 miles on a charge. And then you have, to, it takes over an hour to charge. You know, when we have a gas car, you run into the, to the uh, gas station and you're out in five minutes, unless you're in Jersey, it might be 10 minutes. That's because they do it yourself. It seems to take longer, but it's still 10 minutes or less whereas most uh, EVs, it takes an hour or many hours to charge. Now, there is some good news there. There are some technologies that read that they are starting to charge them much quicker. The problem is cost, and also that we're talking about very powerful, using a lot of electricity and a lot of, uh, of voltage, and, of course, it could be a fire risk, and those kind of charging can only be done in special places, and there's very few of them, but there is hope. There is hope that we can turn the corner, maybe, but we better do it fast because we are we are still not we're not dropping our CO2 emissions. We, the goal is to get half to get us down to 50 percent of what we do at the peak, which is now to 2030. That's only seven years away. I don't think it's happening. I really don't. And then in 2050, we're supposed to go to zero carbon emissions. Good luck on that. So we got a long way to go, folks. Yeah, especially when you consider Hugh Johnson, there's no bigger joke and more comedic and sad joke than the 118th Congress, who 
can't even get their own act together, let alone do a darn thing to help with climate change, which it seems like they don't even want to touch with a 200-foot pole, let alone a 10-foot pole. And and I wonder... Yeah, yeah, you, you know, I wonder about this too, Hugh, because I remember, you know, growing up in the in the 90s and I would hear something on the game shows, you know, like the price is right specifically where they're giving away a cars and they say specifically, they mention California emission. How come California has always kind of been ahead of the curve on the emission stuff? Well, because, I mean, if you, it has, if you look at the smog situation, L.A. was the last city and still has the smog issues. It's not as bad as it used to be, but I mean, there are just so many cars in California. They don't have mass transit. They have very little mass transit in L.A. And I think San Francisco is a little bit more. But, I mean, that's – and L.A. is just huge. It's the second largest city with at least 5 million people. And so they had to. They didn't have a choice. I mean, Ventura Highway, and, and, and you hear about the highways around L.A., how horribly gridlocked. I mean, I lived in D.C., and that was bad enough. But I think L.A. is even, a, is a, is a, even worse. So they had no choice. They had to do that. That's, you know, it's basically sink or swim type thing. So they, they got on board with this stuff quicker than most other places were, you know, here in Albany. We still don't have the traffic problems. I mean, we do get a little bit, but come on, compared to other places, it's a walk in the park. So we don't have to, you know, people don't want to change their lifestyle. They don't have to. In California, they, they pretty much have to. <laughs> So we've been talking about cars, and you've made lots, get, given me a lot of new information. It, but what's the relative role of cars versus like corporations and private jets, and also buildings? Our first segment was about the push for all electric buildings. How how would you sort of rank those in terms of what creates the most problem? Well, I think uh, cars is at least number two. They're, they're, you know, industrial, you know, gas and oil. Or coal is still a number one, but uh, cars are certainly up there. Uh, again, getting EV, you know, getting us up to 100% EV is not going to, it's not going to end CO2 emissions. It's going to drop it to zero. But and I, I didn't run an analysis, but it would probably cut it back considerably. If we were, if we were all to have EVs, I would say. We could we could probably go to at least fifty percent down, but yeah, you have buildings, you have factories, you have planes, and they're all and planes will never. I don't think we'll see electric planes in our lifetime. That's not happening. But we can see electric cars. I mean, it's something that I think we have a shot at possibly doing at least getting to electric car. And I really really hope we can do that. But we have this Congress in there now. Uh, the House, you know, went to you know the other the other party. I don't want to get political, but you know. It's a different philosophy. Not that I mean, a lot of Republicans are on board now with with climate change, but the, the main theme and the you know the people that are in top are trying to keep a, a lid on it. But anyways, so but I think yeah, it, it's complicated. There's a lot of other aspects that have to be accomplished before we can really turn the corner. But I think if we can get a lot more sales of EV, we will start the progress. We really will. But it's going to take time, and we got to get the that technology of, of charging them faster up to speed. And hopefully we can do that in the next five years. Yeah, well, Hugh, you're not being political because let's be honest, the weather has been more predictable than this Congress. 
in terms of what they're going to yeah. be able to yeah. do because yeah. they sure they just <laughs> it is it is frankly disorganized dysfunction is the best way to put it now let's yeah. talk a little bit about chaos you know since we mentioned the 118th congress <laughs> let's tie it back to weather as only yeah. a okay. somewhat adequate radio personality like myself can do and say what's in the forecast including well a little bit more weather yeah. well we've been in a very active as they discussed early in the show uh, pattern here. Uh, we've had storm after storm. It's just been a really hiked up jet stream and, and storm track. And, and you know, California is getting a break now. The the the, the, uh, the, um, the river flow has uh, the jet stream has changed. They're not getting slammed with the atmospheric river. But we're going to get um, these storms are now starting to hit down in the southwest and hit up the west. And we got another one coming on Wednesday. And what's going to happen is it's going to come in in the afternoon. It come in, could come in for the rush hour. It could be a really dicey rush hour with snow rates of an inch an hour during rush hour. This one, though, unlike the other one, this one, this one had a perfect track, and we still had a very wet, heavy snow. But this, one, this next one's going to actually track further west. Secondary development, but still the main primary stays west. So we're going to get a changeover to a wintry mix or possibly just rain later on the night, but we're going to get several inches or more of wet, heavy snow before that happens again. So, and that's going to happen regular rush hour. So watch out for that Wednesday. Tomorrow's quiet, just a few snow showers, clouds, and temperatures in the mid-upper 30s with a bit of wind. And then the storm Wednesday, Wednesday night should be out of here by Thursday. It looks like we'll get what we call a dry slot working in, and that should shut it down or at least bring it to a minimal amount. Uh, so I think most of the damage will be Wednesday evening. And then after that, we'll, things will quiet down a little bit, it looks like. And there's some really cold air perched in the north and west, but it's, it's going to have a hard time getting in. But we'll, we'll stay kind of in chilly, cloudy, and gray with a few smaller storms to deal with for the weekend and early next week. Oh, Chilly, cloudy, and gray. Who would think it? We're, yeah. So we're back to life as normal for this this month. Uh, I've yeah. been well, reminded. One thing I want to point out. Le- oh, one, go ahead, Hugh. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was just going to say one more thing. We've been above normal since December 28th every single day, including the snowstorm today. If you take our average high and low, we've been above normal every day for 28 since the December 28th. So it's almost. Um, 20, it's like 25 days in a row now. <laughs> okay, and I've been reminded when we were talking about electric cars that the Sanctuary for Independent Media does have a charger for electric cars on a small awesome. parking lot near Freedom Square. So we're trying to do our bit as much as we can. Yeah, a lot for of sure. stops are having them now. Yep, yep. And, yeah, and even like the, the bike trail, uh, Pearl Street, I think there's one now. So there are more and more popping up, and that's great news. Absolutely. Okay, and I'm- well, we are, yeah, we are flat out of time, Hugh Johnson. Uh, we will catch up with you here in of a, a few weeks. So, uh, yep. you know, in, in, enjoy, uh, you know, have a great uh, couple of weeks here, and uh, we'll catch up with you at some point next month. All right, I'm going to find some sunshine. That's where I'm going. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good. Bring it back you. with you. Okay, I'll do my best. 